0: Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of Bleachers and Boxes, a baseball podcast hosted by old friends who happen to be fans of the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. I'm joined today by my co host Storm Bird, the Astros fan, and I'm Eric Ando. I'm a financial communications consultant, a Yankees fan, and with the winter meetings officially over, I'm here to say that it's Shohei Otani's prerogative if he wants to keep his free agent courting a secret. With that, I'm going to wish you guys all a happy Soto Day and play the drop.
1: how you doing today storm i'm good i'm good i tend to agree that it's uh it's up to otani if he wants to you know make people jump through hoops uh he's earned the free agency right and he's clearly the most sought after free agent so he gets to he gets to say that he wants you to dot your T's, cross your I's, and don't tell anyone what he's doing.
0: Well, exactly. And, I mean, it's it's clearly, like, he, he wanted from the get-go uh, for teams to not indicate if they had spoken to him or not. Which, like, that's fine. In 2023, it's I mean whether or not it's speculation on teams that have met with him or not, I mean Dave Roberts was basically giggling in an interview at the winter meetings about having a good meeting with Otani. People think that the Jays had a meeting, people think that the Braves are gonna get him for a stick of gum and some Chick-fil-A. Um, so we'll 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 see. It's Yeah. Yeah. it's we can it's, get it. it's wild to me.
1: We can get into it a little bit more. I have some. I have some thoughts on the on the whole letting it leak that he met with the Dodgers and, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, I, I think I was watching an OB Network, which I rarely do, but I was watching it the other day during the winter meetings, and some talking personality was getting up in arms about it, like this is ridiculous, like why are you being so secretive, and we just need to, you know, get on with the free agency and blah blah. blah. And I was like, he's, it's uh, it's everyone else's choice not to go out and sign people. Like in theory. You know, we've read reports. We've seen reports. There are certain teams that are now like out of the running. It's up to them if right. they don't if they want to go sign somebody, they can go sign somebody, and vice versa. It's up to the players that are waiting for Otani to settle somewhere to go out. I mean, nothing is stopping Blake Snell from signing just because Yoshin uh, just because Yamamoto isn't signed, right? So,
0: I, well, I- exactly.
1: And 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 I think
0: this this happens every single year. It just so happens that. Otani is the biggest free agent we've seen probably since Machado and Harper hit the market. Uh, and I wouldn't even put like I mean, th- both Machado and Harper are amazing players. I wouldn't put them on the same level as. O- yeah. yeah. Like they're not on the same level as Otani. And even though he's not going to be pitching in 24 after he had Tommy John in September, he's still the biggest free agent we've seen in well over a decade. And he's probably going to get the largest contract we've seen in professional sports.
1: Yeah. And I get it. It's smart to wait if you're if you're another free agent. You need to maximize your value. You need to know what the market is. So I I absolutely get why players aren't signing. A lot of big name players aren't signing. I don't fault them for that. Just like I don't fault Otani for running his life how he wants to run it, making sure his day to day doesn't become a circus. And I think it's kind of unfair. He's gonna get filleted if he goes like full blown decision and there's like coverage of the meetings as they're happening and he makes an announcement. He can't win. I mean these these are the same people that would skewer him for the decision. And I think, frankly, I don't know the man. Obviously, I don't have inside sources. But if, if I had to guess at why I think he is so secretive, I think part of it is he doesn't like a lot of that you know, personal life nonsense. But I think he also probably is thinking, I don't want to vilify myself willingly to 29 other fan bases, right? Like, think about when LeBron did the decision. Every other fan mm-hmm. base hated him for not choosing them because he got their hopes up, so to speak, right? And it's not his fault, exactly. necessarily. Same thing happened to. There was another free agent who, like, they leaked you know his own camp leaked that he had signed with the Mets. He ends up signing with the Dodgers, and all of a sudden, all the Mets fans are upset, saying he led them on, and blah blah blah. You know, it's it's Otani's prerogative to say I don't want to have anything come out until the ink is dry.
0: Who who were you? I I initially thought you were talking about Correa uh, last uh, season, but that I mean that's obviously a failed free uh, a failed physical.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Trevor Bowers free agency went like that. Like his camp. Oh, yes. That he like he started releasing like merch or something like that. And that was everyone lost their minds. And he, you know, it's again, I don't blame. I don't blame them for handling it that way because it's free agency. Nothing's done until it's done. Right. But um, and I don't blame Otani for trying to avoid that circumstance. And, you know, suddenly, you know, he's just like getting absolutely harassed on the road just because everyone's like, you know, the Blue Jays. Oh, we were right there, you know. Who knows? So I, I, I well,
0: and yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate it too. And I mean, to your point, like this, uh, everything that happened with Judge last year, there was the arson Judge, which that that was the anniversary of that yesterday, Um, and then
1: John Soto Day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, John Soto Day. That wasn't real, right? That wasn't real. No, it wasn't. Okay, no, 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 no. But like, uh, Judge was obviously talking to the Giants. He's from North. He's from the area. Um, He grew up there in Northern California um, and he met with the Padres on the way out to California um, Mm -hmm. because he, him and his wife were flying to California to then fly to Hawaii. And he had the conversation with Steinbrenner uh, while he was out there uh, to meet with the Padres. It didn't come out that he met with the Padres and they offered him more money till after. Yeah. So I get it. These players don't want to have their lives become circuses. And to your point from before, uh, they don't want to have the same thing happen that happened to LeBron after not one, not two, not three, not yeah, four, exactly. not five. So. Take
1: my talents to South Beach. Anyhow, let's get into it. We've got a big <laughs> Yankee news.
0: Yes. Happy, happy Soto Day. Um, for, for those that live under rocks, uh, on the anniversary of, uh, of the arson judge announcement uh, to the Giants, uh, the Yankees and Padres have completed a seven-player deal Uh, for the Yankees to acquire Juan Soto and uh, center fielder, uh, gold glove center fielder, Trent Grisham from the Padres for a package of five uh, players from the Yankees. Uh, Those players are uh, starting slash relief pitcher, uh, Michael King uh, starting slash relief pitcher, Johnny Brito (laughs) starting pitcher, Randy Vasquez slash relief uh, pitcher,
1: slash relief pitcher, Randy Vasquez.
0: Randy Vasquez primarily started. I mean, at the end of the year, when when uh, Rodon and Severino were both starting games, he he was. Uh, he, I thought it was. I yeah, yeah I thought it time. was an
1: interesting choice that you were like, "Let's go starting slash relief pitcher Michael King." I was like, "Yeah, just call him all starting slash relief." But
0: yeah, well, uh, King King only started. He, star- he started nine games last year in total.
1: Um, we'll get to that. I've got some. I've got some some thoughts, but we'll, I'll let you yeah. finish. So tell us the rest of the package. Two more. Yeah. So
0: King King Brito and Vasquez, uh, longest tenured Yankee. Uh, Since 2008, Kyle Higashioka, catcher. He wasn't expected to make the team, so I wish Higgy all the best. Um, And uh, the Yankees' fifth best prospect uh, and minor league pitcher of the year, Drew Thorpe, uh, who in his first professional season uh, had an ERA almost below two, going between high A and double A. Um, That one stings a little bit, but again, it's a prospect Uh, It it is a rich price uh, for the Yankees to pay. Uh, For those who also don't know, Juan Soto is a free agent at the end of the 2024 season. Uh, He is a uh, Scott Boris client and is going to test free agency at the end of the season. Uh, But I think for a a player of of Soto's caliber uh, and at only 25 years old, that's the price you're going to have to pay because Otani is eventually going to sign with another team. And if the Yankees didn't make this deal now, that price was only going to go up because the teams that miss out on Otani were going to pivot to the next best hitter on the market uh, in Juan Soto.
1: Yeah, I think... So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the deal. King, Brito, Vasquez, Thor, Pigashioka. I'm curious, you know, we, we can get into projecting, but I kind of want to just look at just the, the guys involved here. I was I was arguing, well, I guess politely disagreeing with someone on Twitter, a Yankee fan on Twitter, about this. I don't think, I don't think that the, like, I think Grisham and Higashioka were throw-ins. Like, I don't think. Oh, definitely. I would,
0: I would agree with that.
1: Okay. So now, so now with that in mind, tell me, how do you project this? How do you think this is going to line up now? So let's also get into, you know, kind of the buried in all of the Soto news yesterday is that the day before the Yankees acquired Alex Verdugo, right? Yes. And in for, that for, deal, for, 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 ahead. additionally,
0: uh, three pitchers, one of which is he was uh, Greg Weiser. was a up and down Scranton shuttle reliever, uh, who didn't perform well in the majors. Um, I'm fine with that. And then there was, I forget if he Richard was twelfth or
1: Richard Fitz. And yeah. Nicholas Richard Fitz is a
0: double a pitcher. He was like either 12th or 19th, just got to double a I'm fine with that. Um, and then the, uh, The the third pitcher, I'm none on his name, you just said it. Nicholas Judas. Nicholas Judas. He was a draft pick last year and didn't appear uh, in rookie ball at all. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, my my wife, Anna, is a Red Sox fan. She was both confused at what they got for Verdugo and also said he wasn't really working out in Boston. He got benched twice last year by Cora. Um, We're trying to restock our system. You got two pitchers that might become something and might not, um, and they Boston has historically not developed relief pitchers on their own, so we'll see what happens uh, with Boston. Uh, I'm I, I like the deal for Verdugo. Um, I saw stats after uh, that proje- uh, that if he were on the Yankees last year, he would have been the third best hitter on the team, uh, mm-hmm. and would have led the team in doubles. Mm-hmm. So for for a team that not only one needed left-handed hitters, but two needed uh, hitters <laughs> needed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They need left-handed hitters, um, but also needed a needed to add a, a left fielder. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to project him in center field. He hasn't played center since 21, I believe, and did pretty poorly in, in Fenway um, he had negative seven runs uh, saved defensively, but he's not bad defensively and right. Judge has done pretty well in center. Um, he's only got one year left uh, until he hits free agency. And we know Jason Dominguez will be back in 25 defensively. He should be back hitting uh, by August um, after he gets sort of the rust off uh, after having Tommy John. But I'm, I'm okay with the deal for Verdugo Um it does bring up questions on the defense in the outfield for the Yankees with Soto in left, Judge in center, and Verdugo in right. Uh, that said, it's adding two lefty bats that, it, with a short porch, could, could definitely get something done. Soto for sure. Uh, I've seen three of uh, four home runs uh, from Soto at Yankee Stadium, two in his debut at uh, Yankee Stadium when he was a teenager in Washington. Uh, that were both bombs uh, and then won this past year uh, in the Bronx against the Padres, that was a laser into like the back of the second deck and right. He's going to feast on that short porch.
1: Yeah. So, okay. But here's my next question then is who, who is the odd man or who are the odd men out now? So, right. You've got Verdugo Soto judge. You're probably going to, I mean, in your, it sounds like you're saying those are the starting defensive outfield. But as you mentioned, you've got Dominguez coming back probably in June, I would think. June's probably the latest I would project him coming back, especially with how he's only going to be playing DH. We've seen, you know, Harper made a pretty quick comeback. We've seen Seeger make, I guess, Seegers was a little longer, but June ish is probably a fair assessment of Dominguez coming back. Stanton's on the roster. You also got Grisham, who is a defense first player. Who is the odd yes. man or who are the odd men out? Who's DHing and who's writing?
0: At least to start the season. I see Grisham as the fourth outfielder and definitely coming in probably in the seventh inning in games that are two runs or less Mm -hmm. and Verdugo probably coming out um, with judge moving over to right and then Grisham playing center. And then obviously Grisham, I mean, he can play all three outfield positions, his natural position is center field to answer your question bluntly when Dominguez does come back. I mean, I think there are a lot of questions about what's going to happen to Stanton uh, with the Yankees. I think that question gets more and more complicated in the offseason next year when, I mean, the Yankees will have the quote inside track. I expect Soto to talk to other teams, but the Yanks now will have the inside track to talk with him about re-signing, and he'll be 26. So it'll be a big question on if the Yankees are going to try to re-sign him. Logic would say that they would then try to move Stanton. What value is he going to have? And that's really—I mean—they they'll have four more years. I think they have two of those four years at the max of his contract, and then the number on the AAV comes down because the Marlins sent over—I think it was like thirty or thirty-two million dollars—and they they, however, that was broken out. His average annual value was spread out strangely. Like the last. Four or five years his his aav was like 22 and now it's going up to 32 for the next two uh i think two years so
1: how much how much does he have left on his deal two years
0: i think it's 98 million
1: no no how many years
0: oh uh so it's four more years uh in 24
1: yeah i mean it makes sense that it's cheaper earlier because that's probably where the marlin money went i would suspect is it paid early yeah so yeah, you've got 24, yeah. 25 at 32 million, then 26 and 27, 29 million and 25 million respectively with a club option for 2028 20, at 25 million. Um I here here's my my kind of thinking hearing you out. So I think there's more to come here. I don't necessarily know that Verdugo is getting is staying a Yankee or Grisham staying a Yankee or Stanton is going to be a Yankee. I think you're I think your intuition is probably right in that maybe they start the season with Stanton DHing and Grisham coming off the bench. The issue is that both Stanton and Grisham have, over both last year and their career, big splits that favor left handed pitching. I, yep. I just don't see the Yankees paying Giancarlo Stanton $32 million to be a platoon hitter or a bench hitter. Um, I also, no, and, he, an, and, and
0: historically he's awful off the bench.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like if he was like, it's, you know, it's one thing if he were, you know, playing four times a week or three times a week, but like pinch hitting, mm-hmm. he's got God awful stats. He's got like two hits and like 27 strikeouts as a pinch hitter.
1: Um, now here, here's the other thing is I, Grisham is expected to make $5 million in arbitration in 2024. Again, Grisham, as we mentioned, a two-time uh, or at least we referenced his defensive ability. He's a two-time Gold Glove center fielder. Um, Five million is a lot to pay for a platoon or bench or defensive sub bat. In fact, that's would be the highest bench player the Yankees have had in the last two years. I went back and looked at their payrolls the last two years. The closest was IKF last year at six million, but IKF was not platoon bench he was they're finding they're trying to find ways to get him they're playing him center field shortstop there like he was rotating everywhere Grisham can only play yeah. the outfield and if you're going to play him you might as well play him in center field he doesn't strike me as someone you want to dh if you do it's against a lefty but again you'd be losing his defensive value which is the inherent highest value he has um on top of that Verdugo's estimated to make 9.2 million in arbitration so I don't I don't see them platooning Verdugo and saying, okay, Stanton's going to play left when there's a righty or a left-handed pitcher on the mound and Verdugo's going to sit and we'll get Grisham in there too or something. I, it just, that seems like a lot to be paying for, for platoon guys. And then again, as we mentioned, once Jason Dominguez comes back in June, now you have to have two of the three guys, Dominguez, Stanton and Grisham on the bench at all times, unless you're going to teach one of them a, a new position. Like, Maybe later in the year, Jason Dominguez is playing first, but then Rizzo's sitting, and Rizzo's one of your better contact hitters, right? Um, yeah, you're also taking and, away and, 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 and is
0: expected to be back.
1: Yeah, and you're also taking if if you're even if you're using you're, you know, even if you're kind of doing super utility stuff and moving guys around and just kind of making it work for off days, you're taking away another utility option for DJ LeMahieu at first base because. You're playing him at third, or and you move him over to get a day off for Rizzo. So there's just there's a lot of backup and a lot of logjam. It seems like I feel like there's got to be another shoe coming, another shoe to drop. But that's just um, yeah. that's just kind of looking at how it, and maybe maybe you know we talked about this in prior episodes. One of the flaws I felt like the Yankees made 2022 season into 23 was they did nothing to add depth. They basically ran yeah. it back, and then as much as you know as much as they love to. Um, identify injuries as a reason for poor performance. The way you insure against injuries is you go and you get depth, which is something they didn't do. They, I mean, they were giving an insane amount of at bats to you know platoon lefties who had washed out on three teams already. You know what I mean? So
0: well, exactly. Like yeah, maybe I mean, you this have Jake is Jake Bowers doing that. and Billy McKinney. Like, yeah. and 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 that's the thing. Like, I
1: I don't think
0: I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're done. Um, and they also traded a lot of major league starting depth. We, yes. we there 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 are there are one or two pitchers. Will Warren being one of them, and he's probably the closest from the minors coming up. But when you look at their rotation outside of Cole, you have Cole Rodon Schmidt.
1: Who I else am I? No oh, Nestor
0: uh, Nestor Cortez. Uh, there there are the Yankees don't have a ton of starting depth right now. And I mean, maybe they re-signed Frankie Montas to a one-year deal. That was already speculated before last season was even over. And they did let him come back into major league games at the end of the season when he was back. Um, They are going to need to add depth and maybe it's trading Verdugo. Maybe it's trading uh, Oswald Peraza, because they already did announce actually that DJ. That's another guy I forgot. Yeah. Peraza.
1: You got Peraza yeah, like, and you got Cabrera and you only have two positions that you can, two, three, you can put them in. And yeah. the outfield's off the table for Cabrera. Now he's got to come to the infield if he's going to play, right? You've got, exactly. I say, and, you and, got and, and DJ yeah. Like yeah.
0: Like make, make, make Cabrera a utility infielder or make Peraza that mm-hmm. like it's one or the other. And I'm sorry, trade the other.
1: And another another thing we're
0: to starting that.
1: another thing we're forgetting about is you you referenced this with the Higashio, Higashioka uh future of kind of my probably wasn't going to make the team that's why I think he was a throw in and I think the Padres looked at it as let's get a little bit more money out of here with Grisham get him off the books um, not that he's a ton of money but it's it's they're going through some financial issues it sounds like but. Higashioka yeah. is not going to make the team likely or wasn't going to make the team likely because Trevino's coming back and you've got Austin Wells and Austin Wells is a very good hitting catcher, but the knock on him is his defense. So that's another guy that was a candidate for designated hitter duty. So there's just a lot of logjam. And I think to your point, well, let's, let's transition on this. The Yankees gave up a lot of pitching depth in that trade, in those two trades, right? So in exchange for Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judas, they got Alex Verdugo. So that's three right-handed pitchers. In the Soto deal, they gave up Michael King, uh, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez, um, and then those two other minor league pitchers. King, Brito, Vasquez, and Weissert combined for 27 starts for the Yankees in 2023. 252 yeah. and, and just... innings, 252 and two-thirds innings. So... 27 starts, 252 and two-thirds innings between the rotation and bullpen, and all those are gone. They have to replace those. They have to backfill those somehow. And they've oh, dealt yeah. a lot of depth away.
0: Yeah, and and, and just for the record, Weiser is, is exclusively a reliever. But like, Brito and Vasquez, even though they, they showed the ability to be that role that Michael King then stepped into the rotation and got out of, the Yankees have developed a lot of these pitchers to be, rather than being... Uh, you know, exclusively starting pitchers—they're three-inning relievers, mm. um, who come in after a star after a starter has gone four.
1: Yeah, but again, the, you do they, those are we, innings. They you really have to, need replace, to replace, replace these innings. guys. You have to replace these innings, and and on top of all yep. that, right? So we talked about King, Brito, Vasquez, Weissert, twenty-seven starts, two hundred fifty-two and two-thirds innings. On top of that, King and Brito finished fourth and fifth, respectively, in innings pitched for the twenty twenty-three Yankees. Do you know who was third and sixth? Domingo Herman and Luis Severino. Two guys who are probably not pitching for the Yankees. Severino is going to the Mets, and Herman's uh, still on admin. It sounds like so. That's no, a no, ton. He's,
0: he's been no. he's Herman's gone. He's gone. gone. He's already. Oh, okay. Been, he's, he's been DFA'd and okay.
1: So okay. I guess so it's now, not
0: DFA during the offseason, but no, he's gone.
1: So here's here's what uh, Roster Resource, which is a FanGraphs um, website. They're projecting Cole, Rodon, Schmidt, Cortez, Clayton, Beater. That's your rotation. Um, mm. Cole, obviously, stud, Cy Young. Rodon, good when healthy. Schmidt has looked pretty good. Um, yep. Nestor Cortez through the most
0: innings that he's thrown in professional baseball last year. Uh,
1: so, have to something to keep in yeah, control. something to keep in mind as well. Uh, Nestor Cortez, coming off injury throughout his entire career, has been up and down. Um, had a really yep. good 22, not-so-spectacular 23. Um, perhaps attributable to injury, but perhaps attributable regression. And uh, Clayton Beater, that was the acquisition in the Gallo trade, right?
0: Yeah, that's the only player we got back from the Dodgers. So, Which, like, he seems like he's he's serviceable, but he has not appeared in the majors yet. So, like, yeah.
1: And on top of that, there's probably still some bullpen backfilling you should do. Um Wandy Peralta's still out there. That guy threw a ton of innings for the Yankees last year. He's still a free agent. They might get him back, it sounds like. But at any point there's, there's, there's fill to be done. And it sounds like I think they're going to trade from that position player depth. That's just my perspective. I don't think they're going to keep them all.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, I, I seriously don't think the Yanks are done. They have a meeting with Yamamoto on Monday. Um, we'll see. I mean, I've heard, I've read reports from reputable reporters, Jack Curry, Jeff pass and uh, Ken Rosenthal that they're meeting with Yamamoto on Monday in, in the city in New York. Um, but then again, Queens is not far from here. Um, Steve Cohen has met with him in Japan already. Mm-hmm. Um, and the giants and the Mariners also want to meet with him. So yeah. we'll see.
1: So I guess let's move to our second topic. Uh, Astros making moves, minor moves, I should say. They signed Victor Caratini, a backup catcher, uh, $12 million for two years. He's a seven year vet. That's a big pay raise for him. He made just 2.8 last year. In Milwaukee. He is expected to be the veteran backup to Yiner Diaz. He can play some first base, so he could also back up Jose Abreu. Um, I think importantly, he provides bench flexibility in the sense that days he starts to give Yiner uh, a rest on his legs, Yiner can DH and then move Jordan into left, which would slide Chaz McCormick to center, Jake Myers to the bench, and a lot of different plug and plays they can do with that. Same thing with Abreu. Abreu could DH and he could play first. So That'll be good. Um, I think defensively, he's probably going to be a wash when compared to Martin Maldonado. He doesn't have a great pop time, 2.06 seconds. That's bottom of um, qualified Major League catchers. Um, It's concerning given that Astros pitchers have slow deliveries. Uh, He's one of the slower arm velocities in Major League Baseball, 78.5 average, also very low. I think that was bottom 11 of qualified catchers in the Majors. And uh, unsurprisingly, as a result of that, he has a 14% caught stealing rate, which is below league average. And it's also the same as Martin Maldonado's. So probably going to end up being a wash. The one thing he does do much better than Martin Maldonado on the defensive side is he is a much better framer. He was in the 89th Mm. percentile in 2023 on pitch framing, and Maldonado was in the bottom 1%. So defensively, that'll That's
0: like... That's wild to me, given how well-respected Maldonado is
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how, I mean, I would take him in a heartbeat as a, backup, as, as a catcher, mm-hmm. um, so the fact that he's that low in terms of framing is he was
1: he was also revered as well in terms of his game calling and it sounds like more and more that was what that was the reason pitchers liked him is because of his ability to to call a game I mean his his pass balls were on the increase um, as well I want to say he had the most pass balls in 2022 Um, I did not look up his 23 pass ball numbers but they were comparable as I recall Um, comparable being bad Um, Offensively, Caratini, though, this is where I think the point that they signed him, um, because he's going to be an improvement over Maldonado. Now, Caratini's not JT Real Muto, right? He's not a huge slugging catcher, but um, I think he had a 95 OPS plus last year uh, in Milwaukee. But that's better than Martin Maldonado's 66 OPS plus. And Caratini was, a, <laughs> Caratini was a part-time player and he racked up pretty comparable counting stats uh, in about half as much playing time. He was about half, I think he had you know seven home runs to Maldonado's 15 and about half as many at bats. So um, his underlying metrics are also better than Maldonado's offensively speaking. He's got a better chase rate, better whiff percentage, better K percentage, better walk percentage than Maldonado. Um, and his average exit velocity is also better than Maldonado. So I think it's a good move in that sense. I'm not thrilled about some of his defensive uh, metrics that caught stealing rates concerning, but the idea is he is the backup. He is not the starter, which that really hurt Houston starting Maldonado and his, you know, minus bat and having some minuses on the defensive metrics, I think definitely hurt the Astros and uh, they're running out of wiggle room offensively um, just because they're, you know, they're getting older. And now with, you know, hopefully Yannard Diaz coming in, that's going to help them out um, and pick up some of that slack.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, it'll, and it'll be interesting to see that adjustment um, from, obviously, I mean, you talk about Verlander, Fromber, and, and Christian Javier mm-hmm. have been there for years with Maldonado. Mm-hmm. So it will be an adjustment. I mean, obviously, they, they, they were going to need to adjust anyway with, uh, with Diaz performing in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he was he was taking over that spot anyway. So it will be interesting.
1: Yeah, I was surprised. I was mildly surprised that Maldonado didn't come back on a short, like, one-year kind of deal. But Dana Brown, the Astros GM, made it pretty clear his expectation and desire was that Yainer Diaz is the starting catcher now. And if Maldonado comes back, it's going to be in a backup role. Um, And I think, you know, I read something, this guy um, I follow on Substack. um, I think his blog is called Breathing Orange Fire. Brian Arbor, I think is his name. He had a good point that you know his, his thinking is that this will actually kind of make it easier for Joe Espada as a manager as well, because if they brought back Maldonado, the expectation is there would be a lot of pressure from players. And as a first year manager getting pressure from Justin Verlander and from Valdez to say, no, 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 I want Maldonado catching my starts. It might've been difficult for Espada as a you know brand new manager, even though he's been in that clubhouse for years to tell those guys. No. It doesn't
0: matter though. Like it's, yeah. Like they're not the ones managing the team.
1: Yeah. He is. Well, no, but in, it, but it's, it can still be hard to stand up to the players like that. And you've heard of, you've heard people lose the locker room all the time, you know, and that could be, oh, yeah. if the, if things go, if Verlander's, you know, because he's 42 and not because Maldonado is no longer catching him. If Verlander starts slow, that could be a quick, you know, little complaint in the clubhouse of, oh well, gee, it wouldn't be this bad if I had Maldonado. I mean, look at how quick, look how quick they turned on and ate Wilson Contreras. Uh, Wilson Wilson Contreras in St. Louis, right? I always mix the brothers. up. Wilson Contreras, yeah. Uh, they turned and they ate Wilson Contreras alive in St. Louis because of how bad the starting pitching was and, and pitching in general for the Cardinals was at the start of last season, and it was all his fault. You know what I mean? It wasn't the fact that. You know, guys had regressed, and they were starting Adam Wainwright all every fifth day.
0: Yeah, it 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 will be interesting to watch. Um, I mean, they they have enough veteran pitching to sort of get through that and work through that uh, to build that chemistry. Yeah, uh, in spring training, um, and the fact that he, he's coming in as a backup, they already know Diaz shouldn't be an issue.
1: I would hope. And I, and, and there was two years as credit. There was a lot of chatter about how his game calling and his game preparation got better. I mean, again, the guy's a rookie. And when you're dealing with somebody yeah. who is as revered as Maldonado, it's big shoes to fill in. Um, the, the good and bad is that the Astros, you know, had those injuries to the rotation last year. And because of that, a lot of minor league pitchers had to come up and they had been pitching to Yiner. So that helped. Um, but it, it, it's good. I I like it in that it signals um, that it's his job, and Caratini is the backup, and hopefully that'll make things easier. Um, Astros also made a small acquisition, Dylan Coleman, a reliever from Kansas City. I actually like this acquisition way more than the Caratini. Um, I know it's it's a small, you know, kind of who is this guy pickup, but they acquired him for Carlos Mateo, a right-handed reliever in the Astros complex system. Um, Coleman has walk issues. His walk percentage is way too high. I think he had 9.3 walks per nine last year. So he was walking a guy every Yikes. year. Yikes! Um, but he was also striking out more than one batter per inning last year. So <laughs> it, it suggests uh, probably command and perform, uh, command and uh, command issues more than stuff issues. I think. Um, 2022 he had a great breakout that he regressed from in 23. So 22 he had a 2.78 ERA, 1.24 WHIP. With a 4.9 walk per nine, again, that's probably too high on a walk point nine, right? 4.9 walks per nine is a little high for a reliever, um, and that's probably why his WHIP was in the 1.2 neighborhood. But again, good K per nine numbers, 9.4, um, especially you know uh, if you can if you can keep getting those um, to increase for a reliever, that's going to be good. Underlying metrics and uh, and
0: and who who was this deal with?
1: Kansas City. He came over from the Royals. Royals are pretty good at churning out pitchers. Um, it's just they, are, they can't. Yeah. They aren't. They are. They struggle churning out consistent performance from pitchers. It sounds like, I um, you know, Brady Singer. Same thing. Very very talented, highly sought after arm. Can't find consistency, and that seems like Dylan Coleman. I think he was a fourth round pick by the Padres in 2018. So good. Uh, good makeup. Um, good metrics. 95 average uh, on his fastball. But he also limits exit velocity really well. He was in the top 10% in average exit velocity for pitchers in 2022. He doesn't get a ton of chase, but he does have a lot of swing and miss stuff. So again, I think the issue for him is probably more of command rather than stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Astros uh, pitching lab can do to, to help him harness that. He throws you know three pitches, fastball, sweeper, cutter. Should be able to attack both sides of the plate, though it looks like lefties hit him better than righties. Um, the cutter is a new pitch he's trying to work in to attack lefties with, and he's been good. It's just righties mash that cutter. Um, and so we'll see. Sits there. Yeah, and I think I, I assume he probably becomes a two pitch pitcher. So it's just fastball slider against righties, and um, he's effective with that. But uh, he did throw a sinker in 2022 that was pretty effective. He very rarely threw it. I think it was more of a project pitch. Because he gets. So much soft contact, or is be, or is at least good at limiting hard contact. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to introduce the sinker with him, um, similar to kind of Framber Valdez, where if he throws a hard sinker and they're pounding it into the ground, that's going to be good for um, good for him picking up if he if he has to pitch to more contact because he's not getting chase um, as as often. So,
0: yeah, it'll be a, a, the the constant question uh, for all teams is how can you improve a pitcher or specifically a relief pitcher who hasn't historically done well with another team, even though they have a certain statistic, like, like the, the the K's through nine um, with, with really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Clay Holmes pops up as one that the Yankees, I mean, turned into an all-star from Pittsburgh. Uh, So you never know. Um, And and you didn't give up, you didn't give up really anything. It's in the, in the complex system. So,
1: yeah, Houston has a track record for doing this too. Ryan Stanek brought him in from the Marlins. He became a crucial late inning guy. Um, he regressed a little bit toward the end of his time in Houston. Phil Maton became a very very good reliever that they got as a throw in. Or Excuse me, he was the primary acquisition. Yiner Diaz was the throw in, but they got him in preparation for their 21 World Series run. Um, Ryan Presley was a above average closer in um, Minnesota. He's an all star, you know, elite closer now. Um, they developed Brian Abreu into a high, you know, high leverage guy. Hector Neris had regressed pretty big in Philadelphia. The Astros signed him, made him a dominant, you know, seventh, eighth inning guy as well. So they've got track record for this. I'm excited to see if they can, if they can pull it off. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you know, it's like, uh, these are the kinds of deals that could have a really big impact and it it goes under the radar. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: so I, I think we'll, we'll see a lot more. It, these are the types of deals that you don't typically see at this point. But for a team like the Astros, they don't need to make a massive splash. And it sounds like Bregman might be sticking around.
1: Um, uh, at least for so, this year.
0: <laughs> for this year, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the we, we, we've seen another uh, big, big arm, uh, at least bullpen arm move. Uh, Maybe he's not that big anymore, but uh, Craig Kimbrell went to Baltimore, came back to the AL East. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't see him signing with the Yanks or Astros. Um, No, I don't think the
1: Astros were in on him.
0: No, I don't think the Yanks were in on him either. Um, He's definitely in the twilight of his career, uh, but he still has a whole lot to offer. Yeah, I mean, he was an Um, all-star last year for Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, his time with Boston, his time with Atlanta, his time with San Diego, he is he certainly solidified himself as a top reliever of this era. Mm -hmm. Um, I am no, I'm not going to say he's anywhere near either the closers that we've seen go to the hall of fame or the closers that are on the cusp, like K-Rod and Mm -hmm. Billy Wagner and, um, and those folks. Uh, But he is certainly one of the top relievers of the last 15 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. I mean, he's, his issue is that he's had, he he's oscillated so much between sheer dominance and this guy can't get anybody out. You know, you just went through and you listed his teams that you remembered him being good on and you left out the teams. We don't remember him being good on and forget that he played for like the white Sox and the Dodgers. Right. I mean, he lost the closing job uh, in 22, I think for the Dodgers. So it's a, he just, he oscillates so much. I mean, he, he won a world series in 2018 but there's a reason why he wasn't the guy getting the last out for them in the World Series. Instead, it was Chris Sale, because he got real shaky down the stretch there. So, oh yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's he's a uh, a more consistent version, but not much more consistent than the the always wild or all the um, Yeah.
1: I think his. He's had, his he's had a, I would say his, he had yeah, a better career. His inconsistencies career Chapman, are but. less frequent, but his dominant is probably less dominant, right? Like his good is not as yeah. good as Chapman's, but to his credit, his bad shows up less frequently and is not as bad as Chapman's.
0: Exactly. I mean, listen, uh, Chapman got his second ring this year. Uh, his first was with the. He almost turned his uh, his first ring over. Uh, in that historic uh cubs uh mm-hmm. then Indians world series um in breaking the curse but he almost gave that away with the Rajai, uh rajay davis home run mm-hmm. um but he certainly wasn't closing for uh for the rangers and he made it he made it work he he did show up when it when it mattered most mm-hmm. in that world series so
1: got some other uh, winter meeting uh, updates right
0: yep um, we saw uh, a Seattle-Atlanta trade, which then also re- resulted in an in Atlanta-Pittsburgh trade. Uh, Jared Kelnick uh, was traded to Atlanta. Uh, Marco Gonzalez went back uh, to uh, – he also went to Atlanta, who then Atlanta shipped him over to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Kelnick was sort of – look. I mean, uh, I remember the New York media freaking out when Kelnick was the big prospect – uh, sent over in the Robinson Cano, uh, Eddie, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking Edwin on, Diaz. Uh, Edwin Diaz. I mean, all I could think of is Timmy Trumpet. Um, but he was sent over in that deal, uh, and uh, immediately Mets fans were freaking out, and then he looked awful in Seattle, and then went down to the minors, came back, and, and had a half-decent season last year. Um, naturally, uh, Braves fans are thinking, well, we're going to turn him into the next best thing since sliced white bread. Um, it could be a sneaky good trade. I mean, he's a, he's a sneaky outfielder. He's not a big power hitter. Everyone thought he was going to be like a 20 to 30 home run hitter. Not going to be the case, uh, but provides good defense and could, uh, give opportunities for Acuna to at least DH or. Uh, you know, keep those legs fresh.
1: Yeah, and it gives them the opportunity to rotate. Um, I think Rosario is probably going to end up being the odd man out because I think, I mean, clinic's okay yeah. defenses. I recall. I think they like Michael Harris in center, Acuna and right. Um, but yeah, he gives them more yeah. flexibility. He gives them a left-handed bat. They're another team, although they have Olson, they added Olsen, and that definitely helped. But there was a point where they were kind of looking for lefties that could hit. But um, yeah, I I, I I joke we joke about this like the Atlanta just they get everybody for next to nothing. And I felt like they didn't really give up much to get a guy that has a massive ceiling. And, uh, you know, we joked like he's going to sign a 10 year extension for like 5 million a year. And then he's going to average a hundred RBIs like the rest of his his career. Oh yeah.
0: And, 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 and and we'll find out later that he also got like cases of Chick-fil-A and Coke. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the Braves just continue to find, Sparks. What kills
1: me is I like I can't believe nobody else is offering these things. That's what gets me. Where I'm like, that was all you had. Like I was even surprised the deal they got Sean Murphy in. I was I was like, wait a minute the 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 A's were willing to take Manny Pena. Like that was all it really took, you know, and a a couple okay prospects, and that was all. And same thing. I remember the Matt Olson deal. I don't even know. I feel like maybe only one guy left from the Matt Olsen deal is even on the A's anymore. Because they, within a year, they DFA'd Christian Pache. He was one. Yeah. Of, he was like probably oh, the, the biggest name in that trade, as I recall, outside of Matt. He Olson.
0: was the bi- He was the biggest name that went over. Um, at least, like, I mean, he, I remember him having like a star card in uh, in the show. And maybe that was in twenty one.
1: Yeah, he was, he was um, a big
0: prospect. Yeah, but like, turn. I mean, granted, the A's are a joke right now, um, and basically spending pennies to stay in the Coliseum and eventually their triple A affiliate. Yeah. That was a joke. Those, those Atlanta deals are jokes. Yeah. But they keep doing them somehow. Yeah. Uh, But other deals, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, opted out of his contract in Detroit. Uh, He is headed to Arizona in the desert for years, 80 million can't, uh, we can't also, wait to see
1: him at dodger stadium it's gonna be great uh, they are gonna be ruthless just because the argued, guy yeah. didn't want to uproot his family <laughs> and also probably i don't know what happened but how was this not cleared with him before you got to the goal line like we talked about this i think quickly the obviously eduardo rodriguez was supposed to go to the dodgers at the deadline everything was in agreement between the dodgers and the tigers and all of a sudden they go to Eddie Rodriguez and ask him to wave his no trade. And he says, no dice. He doesn't want to uproot his family and go out to LA. But how was that not cleared before you hammered out like the prospects? And because the deal fell through, whether this is true or not, a lot of people think the Dodgers missed out on getting a starting pitcher. In other words, that if they hadn't spent so much time on the Eddie Rodriguez deal, they would have got dealing. They would have gotten somebody else. They would have got Flaherty. Yeah. I don't know if there's any truth to that because we don't know what the, how far those talks were, but how do you get that far and not have him cleared, like signed up and ready to go before you start figuring out we're sending you prospect A and prospect B? So I, I think it's I mean, to I, take it I, out on I,
0: him. I, Oh, I, I don't think it's fair to take, him, take it out on him at all. And I would boo the hell out of the Tigers whenever they come in because um, I would definitely put it on them. Like even before you start to shop him, you share the teams that you're going to shop him to and clear it. Like the, the Tigers have just mismanaged everything Mm -hmm. that they've done since this whole like rebuild has started Mm -hmm. and all these big prospects are not turning out they dfa torkelson did they dfa him no yes google that shit because they dfa'd him
1: and i was like i don't see a dfa on this maybe they optioned him do you just not do are you saying they optioned him
0: I could have sworn that I saw that they had DFA'd him. As, as we type away here, Detroit... Uh, I could have sworn
1: I saw that they DFA'd There's him. There's a finalist well, this I'm, year I'm, for the I... Silver Slugger. Boo! Shame on you with your fake news.
0: Who did, they, who did they DFA? I could have sworn... All right, hold on. Now we're going to look this up. Detroit Tigers... DFA or non tender. Well, this is going to be ridiculous. I'll, I'm going to prove myself idiotic here.
1: You are the fool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, I coming I in here with your fake didn't.
1: news. I, Cause I was saying if they DFA, not true. There's no way he would not be playing for another organization right now. Like,
0: Oh no! He, w- he would. Twenty eight other LA.
1: teams. Twenty eight other teams would sign up to just take a flyer on him. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe one team wouldn't, and then twenty eight would. Yeah. Well, anyhow,
0: other uh, other uh, other moves. Um, uh, Candelario is going to Cincinnati. Uh, I believe it's a three-year. We don't have it in our notes. Three 45 forty-five million, I believe I saw. Um, and he's joining a very young core over there. Uh, obviously, Ellie De La Cruz, Jonathan India, Marte, uh, Encarnacion Strand, with the longest name uh, since Jared Salta But it's
1: not on his uniform. It doesn't I count. Know.
0: I know he, he they, they missed such a great this opportunity is, with just that the, you're, that you're big coming in rainbow you're that coming in big with this rainbow like
1: this is your like most homers on a Tuesday by a guy named Mike uh, when it rains like and you're like Mike Ford's got the most homers on a Tuesday on a by a guy named Mike when it rains like it doesn't matter he didn't actually I'll wear the 70 name degrees. it didn't he didn't wear the name so it's not a real fun fact
0: oh he missed a great opportunity uh, but uh, too Ty many Delario infielders. Was, too
1: uh, many infielders there. What are they, they doing?
0: Way too many. Like there was an I online,
1: mean, there was like an online fight between Cincinnati fans and a writer at the Athletic this year because he suggested that 2022 Rookie of the Year Jonathan India was like trade bait. It was basically because it was like they have exactly. too many infielders and they they value him the least. Everybody else they have a higher um, uh, mark on. India was kind of a surprise for them. They've got Eli Díaz Cruz, Matt McLean, Jonathan India, Noelvi Marte, Christian Encarnacion Strand. And Spencer Steer, who allegedly is going to move to left field to make things work. But, I mean, even if Candelario is playing first and replacing Joey Votto, they still have too many infielders.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, like Jonathan India would—Reds fans can complain all they want. Jonathan India would definitely be trade bait, and they can continue to add to their pitching. Yeah. Um they're obviously not trading De La Cruz. They're not trading McLean.
1: Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, they just got Marte. Noel B. Marte. <laughs> they just got him in the yeah, Luis Castillo deal in '22.
0: Marte is another one, though. That like, you have McLean and you have De La Cruz. If you don't move India, then you should maybe think about moving Marte. Like, you could, you could, you could probably mm. net some good pitching. Maybe I am one of them. Maybe, yeah. I mean, again, we'll see what happens. Uh, I didn't see uh, Candelario going to Cincy. I saw him going elsewhere. Um, But be that as it may, uh, I did just see you... uh, remove something in our notes. I didn't think I was. Uh, it's, not,
1: it's not a major thing relative to what we've been talking I think, about. I think it's, it's oh, okay. Bring it up then. Let's go. Let's talk that, about that, it.
0: that. That, 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 that senior Mookie Betts, uh, is moving to his second position of second base, uh, for the Dodgers full time. I don't think this is huge news, uh, with the multiple surgeries that he's had second makes sense. He also appeared at short a few times, mm-hmm. uh, he has shown the ability to be very flexible and be flexible very well uh, playing in field. It's not huge news, uh, but it's nice to see that he's he's making that move and uh, he's making it willingly.
1: I think Mookie Betts' wife is going to have to ask you to stop speaking in such high terms about his flexibility. That got a little too. You're like, he's very flexible, very, very well. He's very, very flexible. He's tremendous at flexibility. Um, This deal, it's, it's not major news in that it's not a major player acquisition. It did raise my eyebrows. This came out, you know... We had the this is the first time we've had good fortune in timing of scheduling a podcast because we were supposed to record on Tuesday, but conflicts happened and so we pushed and thank God we did because like everything we've covered in this podcast had not happened yet. Um, like the biggest news was Jason Hayward going back to the Dodgers and then putting Mookie at second. But those deals work together and are interesting. I feel like again, just kind of hypothesizing, I feel like the Dodgers almost have to go get an outfielder now. Because they, they, they loved platooning Jason Hayward. I think he got something like 20, less than 50 plate appearances for sure against left-handed pitching. And I believe they all came in games where a left-handed reliever was put into the game to face him. So mm. they're platooning him 100%. They did a very similar approach with Peralta, David Peralta in left field. So that was why Mookie was playing so much second. Was they they had these platoon corner outfielders and their rookie center fielder James Outman, who also bats left. So Mookie had if, to get everybody in the lineup and make it work with JD can't play defense, Martinez DHing. Mookie's got to play second, and so I think now with the you know comfortability of every day, you know where you're playing, yada yada. They just said we're making him the full time second baseman, but they need to figure out. I think who they're going to put out there when there's a lefty on the mound. And also, if you're the Giants, which I think the I mean the Diamondbacks maybe will be competitive again, and this is probably why they went and got Eduardo Rodriguez. If you build a stable of lefties, even just two or three in the ro- two in the rotation and then you have a couple in the bullpen, that's how you're going to overtake this Dodger team in the long run, I think, or at yep. least in the head to heads. That's how you stock well because they are heavy platoon team at this point. They haven't built enough roster up to counter that. Obviously, we think they're in the you know, the Shohei running, but that's another lefty in their lineup um, with Freddie Freeman. Now, granted, these are all stars. Uh, lefty is going to make a marginal advantage for you, uh, or a marginal difference in their advantage against you. But they need to figure out probably another outfielder because I just I, Chris Taylor is is their their option to platoon against left-handed pitching. That's one option. Um, I think they want to keep yeah. letting James Outman face lefties because he's young and they want to see what he can do and see if he can develop. And then you've got a question mark in right. I don't know who that's going to be right now. It's probably like Tommy DeLuca or something.
0: It Well, exactly. And, like, you have guys that they're familiar with. Um, Kike Hernandez is a free agent. Boston let him go. Um,
1: you have guys that they could definitely add.
0: What uh, you mean the, do you mean to... the Dodgers
1: let him go after they got him from Boston?
0: Yes. yes. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I mean uh, – the off season is the, the hot stove is just starting to really peak because we are starting to see those, the, those smaller moves that while they're small, they, they do produce a lot for a team that has playoff implications. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, we both have trivia questions yes, for each let's other. Let's do it.
1: I will start with yours. Why don't you read yours to me?
0: So uh, with the acquisition of one Soto, uh, a statistic came out the other day uh, that only six players in Major League history, before their t- their t- uh, or through their twenty four age season, have had a nine forty plus OPS, a hundred and fifty plus home runs, and five hundred plus runs scored. Soto is one of them. Who are the other five? And I will give you two hints. Okay. One of those players is a current player, with one recently retiring, and the other three are Hall of Famers. So they're no longer in the game. Okay. So okay. one currently playing, one recently retired, and three Hall of Famers.
1: Okay. And you said a 940 plus OPS. You mean their OPS is above 940, right? Not a 940.
0: Or or plus above. okay okay or above. okay yeah 940 or above O-P- and 150 right. home runs and above mm-hmm. and 500 mm-hmm. home runs and above okay one is uh, 500 runs and above
1: okay one is ted williams that's incorrect and wow okay one is currently playing uh was miguel cabrera uh on one of them that's
0: also incorrect wow
1: um Pujols. holes
0: that's that's the recently retired okay trout that's the currently playing. Okay,
1: the other three. So now three oh. Hall of Famers. I mean, I really thought Ted Williams was one of them. Uh,
0: it's it's not a bad guess. And what I would say is, uh, with that, they are pl- uh, two of them are household names. One of them is not, in terms of Hall of Famers.
1: Okay, um, Hank Aaron. No, because he didn't. He didn't join until no. he. Yeah, he joined much later because of the um, segregation. Yep. Um, Reggie Jackson. No. Yeah. yeah. See, I can't think of who started real young. Um, mantle.
0: That's true. Yep, that's okay. one
1: mantle. So I have two left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both uh, the
0: other two are much
1: older. Much than older mantle. than mantle. <sighs> Ruth doesn't make sense because he didn't really come a around till the live ball era started. Um, yeah, he was pitching. Yeah, he was pitching, and he wasn't until they until the light ball. He wasn't hitting nearly as well. Um, ba, 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 ba. Ty Cobb? I don't know. No, no. I'll, I'll give you yeah, the give last him. two. Yeah, give me the last two. Jimmy Fox. Okay, yeah. And Mel Ott. Mel Ott. I would have never got Mel Ott. I would have never got Jimmy Fox, me- but I never would have got Mel Ott.
0: Yeah, no, and and when I looked at it, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, when I looked at it, I was like, I would never even think of Melot. I would yeah. have like rather taken like Roger Dornsby or something.
1: Yeah. Rogers Hornsby, bro. Hornsby. Hornsby, sorry. Good god. You are on fire today. First the fake news. Oh, yeah. Now you're making up AI players.
0: <laughs> it's it's those free it's you know, it's it's those great uh A potential seventy-seven 18 year old outfielder who can also play first base free agents yeah. in
1: the show. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, here's mine. Mine's quick. It's gonna, it's called Kimbrel or Rivera, okay? Kimbrel oh. or Rivera. Postseason strikeouts per 9, who had a higher postseason strikeouts per 9, Kimbrel or Rivera?
0: I'm going to go Kimbrel.
1: That is correct. Postseason homers per 9, who had a higher Homers per nine, Kimbrel or Rivera? Uh,
0: higher as in he allowed more homers. Yes, home runs. correct. I'm going to go Kimbrel.
1: Also correct. Who had more blown saves in the postseason, Kimbrel or Rivera? I'm going to go Rivera. That is correct. Rivera has a lot more than you realize. <laughs> that was the one that got me. I, always, I mean,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, I always think of the big ones 97 in the ALDS against Cleveland, 01 mm-hmm. against the Diamondbacks, uh, the biggest oh in
1: in Boston um, games four, and yeah, and like there were all, yeah, yeah, that was a rough two thousand four was a rough postseason. Mariano had three blown saves that postseason. Three, yeah, th- yeah. what was the th- three fifths of his blown saves were the two thousand four postseason? Yeah, the kimber ones actually crazy because I wanted to, I wanted to add, I was trying to come up with a better like comp than him. Kimbrel did not have a blown postseason save until this year's ALCS against the Diamond NLCS against the Diamondbacks. Isn't that insane? Wow, he has one game that's four nuts of the NLCS blown save. Otherwise, he just has saves, holds, losses. He lost.
0: That's wild. To th- yeah, that it's wild to think about because of the stati- the statistic that's always thrown out that more men have walked on the moon than earned runs scored in the postseason against Mo. Oh, but all the runs that Rivera has given up in the postseason were typically huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like 12 or 13 yeah, people like have walked marginal. on the moon. Yeah. But it's still like, it's, it's one, it's again, one of those statistics of like, yeah, he's hit, 12 home runs on a Tuesday when it's raining and it's 70 degrees and above. But, um, those are our major topics for today. Um, we've, we have had, uh, some, some coaching changes. We'll cover those in future episodes. Um, and then we can take a look at, uh, some of the plugs that we have coming up. Uh, storm. How is sports by storm coming? Uh, with the NCAA college football playoff coming, the NFL playoffs forming, and those wonderful Saturday games coming up, um, and the NCAA basketball season.
1: Yeah, actually, I want to take a step back really quick. I do, I do want to do Shohei Watch. I want to at least get your prediction because he will – I think he will have signed before we record another episode. So I want your prediction on where mm. you think he's going.
0: Uh, I personally think – I've said this in our group text. Uh, I personally think he's going to stay in L.A., but go to the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, he's uh, apparently the finalist of the Dodgers, Angels, Blue Jays, Cubs, Giants. My dark horse pick for the longest time was the Giants. I I really thought that that was the one that would surprise everybody, and he'd end up there. Uh, with just the development of the last couple of days, I, I do think he's going to go to the Dodgers. I know there was a little talk about him being punitive if there were leaks, and Dave Roberts saying that in the press conference, and then... Their GM kind of, I think he said he was surprised that Dave said that in a press conference, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I still think it's going to be Dodgers though. I mean, the, the GM Brandon Gomes got on MLB network right after that later that evening and kind of politely declined to answer any questions about Shohei, but was like very kind of had like a little wry smile and a chuckle and, you know, which is something he's done before when they're really close to signing somebody, but we'll see. I think he's going to the Dodgers though. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I could the
0: the only the only way that I see it, I, I'm sticking to my pick, but the only way that I see it is Giants. The Giants lost out on Judge at the eleventh hour last year, mm. and maybe this mode. Maybe they just go all in. Yeah, and, like, and obviously like it fell through with Correa. Um, maybe they just go ham and say, I don't want. You know, we don't want to lose another big free agent mm-hmm. um and especially to an in division uh, in division rival yeah the giants um, the,
1: the the arson judge carlos correa thing is actually a good point because my feeling was that the giants kind of got cold feet on correa uh pun intended oh yeah cold ankles um <laughs> and i think that they lost out on judge who they were perfectly willing to give that contract to they kind of made a snap yep. rash judgment to go get correa and pay him and i think maybe somebody higher up like the ownership, said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We could just sit this one out and go all in to get Otani next year. And it seemed like that's what that was another reason why I really thought he would go there was that the Giants would do exactly what you said. They'd say, not, not going to happen twice. We're going to get him. We'll pay yeah. him whatever he wants. So we'll see. Um, backtracking to plug, Sports by Storm do have an exciting announcement. I meant to make it at the top of the podcast instead of burying it here at the end we are going to have a store open so you'll be able to get sports by storm merch as well as bleachers and boxes merch it'll be live by the time we post this by the time we post this you'll be able to get we'll have several different designs we'll have like a uh just the podcast logo design we'll have a couple word mark designs one with like yankee theme colors one with astro colors and maybe even some more um more designs in there as well as some sports by storm designs so Give it a look. Uh, all new designs will go on sale, I think, for 48 hours after we post them. So that'll be a chance to you know get a sticker, get a mug, get a t-shirt, whatever you want. And uh, yeah, contribute and support the show.
0: Hell yeah, I will be definitely adding some stickers. Uh, and I will also be getting a mug because I am a big fan of any form of you find me at a brewery. Find me at a game. Yeah. I'm getting a mug. Too
1: bad we don't have pints, but yeah. Right now it's just mugs, and the mug design is actually pretty cool. We've got some wraparound mug designs, and then just like a single side mug design that looks pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We have to get some shot glasses. Yeah. One of the you know we're going to start soft. Right now it's through T Public, so T Public handles a lot of the a lot of the design stuff. We just make, we have to come up with the designs, oh, yeah. and they do the production. But as we uh, we'll see how the initial go. If if that's what people want, if the you know we'll give it to the people, get the people going. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Well, what, what we what we really have to start doing is like you know just like slapping our stickers on like the walls of urinals and bars. Mm-hmm. Um, That's you know you stand in there you're peeing after you know a, a couple of brews watching the game. This, this is hey. enough.
1: This is enough. Just yeah. You know, no, this.
0: come on. No, so uh, talk about we're, we're we're an adult podcast. Adult we're pod. a twenty-one-year-old plus
1: podcast. You're allowed to have a, eighteen. A, 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 not allowed. A eighteen. About. Not allowed.
0: Absolutely not. No. None of these. None of these prom uh, parties. After prom parties that uh, parents pay for. Well, we
1: are. We are an older podcast. I think like eighty percent of our demographic is older than thirty years old. <laughs> so we're not exactly yeah, think, appealing think, to the yeah. uh, youths.
0: <laughs> no, no Gen Z content. Yeah,
1: not at all. It's mad sus. <laughs> so how about yourself? You're out on 4Train uh, Army. You got the Natty coming up. You're a Michigan fan.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too much into Natty territory. We're not there yet. But I, I was excited. Uh, I mean, even, you know, I won't even get into the controversy of FSU missing uh, out on the the four seed and Bama getting in. Uh, this is uh, a rose Bowl of o, of all rose Bowls, uh, Michigan, Alabama. Would you say it's the I granddaddy's mean, granddaddy? It's the granddaddy's granddaddy.
1: Yeah, that's the shirt. That is the shirt yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i have I have a lot of
0: uh, I, I am, as you know, uh, I'm more than a little stitious. Uh, I rarely buy any apparel until a team has won something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did order, uh, I liked a few of the, I didn't get the official on uh, official, you know, Rose Bowl merch uh, from the college playoff. But I did get uh, two champion uh, t-shirts for the Rose Bowl and I got a home field apparel uh, Rose Bowl shirt as well nice. um, so I'm looking forward to that I am I wish I was flying out it is New Year's Day uh, I would love to go to the Rose Bowl but I will uh, I'm, I'm going hard on uh, on, on following uh, all all the news leading up to that uh, really looking forward to it It's the third year in a row it's also the first time since 1997 uh, the last time Michigan won the national championship uh, that Michigan has won three consecutive Big Tens uh, and also, uh, uh, the last time they, they had, uh, th- uh two consecutive, uh, undefeated seasons. Yeah. So
1: yeah, and the Roseville's cool. I think like I- I've said the same thing. Like, I, I mean, U of A football is not super successful and I probably won't, like, I don't think I've bought any bowl merch from a U of A bowl, but I did consider it when they went to the Fiesta bowl. Cause it was like a bigger bowl. And, you know, I grew up in Phoenix and the Fiesta yeah. Bowl's in Phoenix, so uh, but, yeah, the Rose Bowl is something different. Like, we, were, we talk about merch a lot, you know, outside the show and, and, like, cool designs and kind of the death of good merch and unique merch um, as globalization has taken hold and everything's made by, like, one company. But um, the Rose Bowl seems to be a unique one where they actually do get some good quality stuff um, and uh, for good reason. You know, it is, it's the granddaddy of them all. They usually get cool stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: And you being out there in L.A., I think we've said in our group text, if anything pops up that looks really neat um, and unique, let me know. Um, I'm I'm keeping an eye on uh, on any pins that pop up. I hear the rose that the Rose Bowl has remained consistent um, with uh, with creating very unique pins. Good pin game. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Oh yeah. So uh, that is the end of episode thirteen of Bleachers and Boxes. Give us a like and subscribe and a five-star review if you enjoyed. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple uh, Podcasts where apparently nobody listens, even though I've, uh, I've, I've listened to No, uh, we get, we, we get uh, our, some. Our, uh, the
1: Amazon, nobody. We got like one play on Amazon. Oh, no one, no no one, one listens wants on to listen. Amazon Music. I, I, would,
0: I never think to go to Amazon for either. podcasts. I'm not going to
1: lie. But you got to yeah. put yourself out there. You got to be available. Exactly.
0: Uh, But share it across uh, We will be back in touch As uh, the MLB offseason Continues to progress Uh, We'll be back in before uh, the holidays And uh, tonight I believe Is the first night of Hanukkah So wishing all of our Jewish friends and listeners A happy first night uh, Of uh, the Festival of Lights Uh, And uh, Thank you so much for listening And we'll talk soon
1: Check the store, I'll put the link in the show notes Bye everybody